What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Yes, it's a big week because Apple did officially announce the new M1 Pro and M1 Max MacBook Pros with all the bells of whistles. And yes, it has a notch, whether you like it or not. So, you know, I wanted to bring in a special guest, Lance Ulanoff, to talk all about it. We kind of just break down the announcements, our reactions with not only just the new MacBook Pros, but also the AirPods 3 and the new HomePod Minis in colors, if we have thoughts on those. All right, let's just get into it. Here is Lance and I talking about all things from the latest Apple Unleashed keynote, MacBook Pros, AirPods 3, and the HomePod Mini colors. All right, you know, when Apple does a keynote, we've got to kind of break down and react to all the big announcements. So I brought a good friend of the show, Lance Yulinoff, in the house. Lance, what's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me back. Always, it's my exciting. friend. Always. I mean, this is always exciting times. We we believe this is the last product drop or big keynote announcement <laughs> from Apple. We believe that. Um, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think so. I mean, I would be really shocked otherwise, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> now, Lance, um, before we get started, I'd love for you to tell people where they can find your work and some of your coverage. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, you can go to Medium. I'm on Medium. Just my name, Lance Hulenoff. Obviously, when the events are live, I'm live tweeting on Twitter or just dropping nonsense on Twitter all day long. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. You can even find me doing some TikToks. Woo! Okay. See, see, even I'm not on TikTok, Lance. I, my, uh, I can't. I my brain, my brain doesn't have <laughs> bandwidth for that right now. But yours does. So check it out, everybody. Okay, Lance. So you know, you you talked about you live tweeting and reacting sometimes sensibly, sometimes senselessly. Um, I think we've got to talk about, obviously, the big announcement from their Unleashed event, the MacBook Pros, M1 Pro, M1 Max. I just kind of love to hear your overall take, and then we'll kind of just dive into some of what we thought. Well, look, I I mean, I, I wrote about this because it was, again, we have this situation with all of these Apple events now where we kind of know a lot already. There's all sorts of leaks happening. Uh, so you, you're not surprised, except that within this event, there were surprises, mm-hmm. you know, at more than one MacBook Pro, that 14-inch size, which we haven't really had before. Uh, the other big surprise for me is just the number of chips – the name of them too, because that was so funny. Everybody kind of got that wrong, but really the number of chips and and ultimately the performance that they're talking about. I, I you know, you and I have had a bunch of conversations over the years about the headroom of mm-hmm. Apple's uh, bespoke chips that they've built for with partners for the the iPhone, and. Now they're making their own silicon, and it's really that it's got that same sort of strategy, uh, the, the, the same uh, fingerprints and earmarks that say, yeah, we're not just giving you uh, – we're not just taking you know, sort of five nanometer uh, mobile processor and putting it in your, your laptop. We're building something new mm-hmm. and something really that has power that is going to shock you. And if these numbers hold up. I mean, it's it's just the fact that that the, the numbers in a pro level system, no holds barred, you know, just I mean, it's going to change the industry. It, it really, I mean, I'm, I'll be really curious to see what ultimately the true benchmarks are like. But mm-hmm. 
again, you know, Apple hasn't, this is not something where Apple's kind of pumped up numbers. They did it with the M1. I don't think they've done it with the, uh, with the new chips, uh, you know, the pro and the max. And so it's, this is a, this is a, a tipping point in this industry for, uh, for Apple Silicon and also for, uh, how people are going to be building pro level systems going forward. I 100% agree with everything you said because, you know, people, I think one, one great point that you made, um, and I'll kind of like hit a ping pong off some of the things you said, you know, when the first M1 came out, there were a lot of doubters about it. Uh, when Apple showed those numbers, people didn't believe the performance per watt. People didn't believe the increase in power, the efficiency, because at the time it was too, it was quite honestly, especially with Apple's first processor coming out of the gates for a computer, it, 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 people were like, this, this is too good to be true. So I don't believe it. And then, you know, you see the benchmarks and you're like, okay. And then you start seeing people who actually get in their hands, um, like us do real world performance tests just on rendering videos that were literally almost twice as fast as a fully loaded machine from a year before. So when I saw these M1 Pro and M1 Max specs, I'm like, okay, they didn't fudge them last time. They aren't fudging them this time. And if these hold true, dear God, this is a shift. This is a massive shift in the industry from a performance standpoint. From a, And then even at that, you know, you talk about, well, we'll see if the benchmarks, you know, bear out. PC, PC manufacturers now are looking over their shoulder and the overhead that they put in here is well beyond any normal consumer now. Like if I had my friends ask me, what computer should I get? I And they're always, they're, they're just jonesing for the new MacBook Pro. They can get the new MacBook Pro. I think for a general consumer who does email, web surfing, some photos, maybe some light video editing and create some fun content. Uh, this is a machine that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm going to say this probably is going to, most people say, oh, I'll, re you know, change out my laptop, hopefully in maybe three to five years. To me, this is more like a five to seven or higher based on what we see, because the Max, the M1 Max at its highest point can literally play seven streams of 8K video without hiccups uh, That on a timeline. That... That's bonkers. We're now get we are literally getting into desktop class workstations on something as small as a 14 inch laptop. That is game changing, and will it it'll really gonna it's gonna really gonna affect the high end creatives more than anyone. But still, to your yep. point, that dramatic shift is going to happen, and this is gonna change at least on that high end. Fine, it's that five percent of users, but it does eventually trickle down in certain ways. I just think it's incredible what they've yeah. done and what we're seeing. Yeah, and I think that you know you look at what they were compared. They they had to do this comparison, but it still caught me off guard that they compared against discrete graphics from mm -hmm. AMD the Radeon. They compared against the Core i nine. So immediately you're in this space of of where it's sort of discretionary that a, see a pro maybe if they buy the entry level system and they still get integrated graphics because they can't really afford it. Uh, and so now. Uh, they didn't just compare against that. They said, "Yo, well, you know, somebody who's going to level up on the pro and get the discrete graphics and get the, the, the most powerful CPU they can for the mobile system, because obviously, you know, we're not talking about a Mac pro with a Xeon mm -hmm. processor. Uh, 
but they did that comparison. So they didn't, you know, and I think maybe they were aware that had they not, we would have immediately jumped on and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's in a pro system and it can, it can handle the core i7 performance things, but it can't do core i9. It can't do AMD. You know, it can't do discrete graphics, but that's not what happened here. And when you look at it, almost never loses on the performance side. There is one chart they showed where there's maybe a, a slight on the Core i9 side, I think slight uh, difference. But then, of course, it's more than made up for mm-hmm. um, in performance, you know, in uh, battery life, you know, basically how it's going to sit power while still doing hardcore work. Uh, so you're not going to have a I know they introduced all sorts of, uh, you know, like ventilation systems, you know, on the new Mac Pro, which I'm kind of interested in because I don't think these have fans per se, uh, but I'm not sure. But I, but I just think that it's it's they just they went into this event uh, and they went into this announcement understanding so far in advance exactly all of the things that pros might say if they didn't hear what they what they really wanted to hear. You know, it's sort of like every question answered. And, you know, I was stunned. I really came, I came away from this event going, what are we, you know, what are we even dealing with here? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, you know, yes, Intel will be fine. They make their money in all kinds of ways. But, you know, there's a bigger trend going on, obviously, outside of Intel with a lot of companies working, you know, working with, for example, Qualcomm, you know, you know to build a uh, laptop uh, silicon, you know, and convertible silicon and not use Intel. Uh, so that's happening, but none of the performance has really matched what we're seeing here. Nobody's really claimed pro level performance. They've claimed productivity level Mm -hmm, performance. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, so, you know, it's, it is really, it is that, that, that moment that we're all going to remember, you know, when Apple did this, and five years down the line, we're going to be going, remember when Apple used to use Intel, <laughs> you know, because the path is there. You know, they will at some point produce some sort of silicon that's going to work in the Mac Pro. They will. They'll create something so different and so efficient and yet so powerful, they won't need all those crazy drilled holes. You know, they're going to do it. Not near term, but, but we're walking that path right now. Yeah, you know, there, there were even interviews recently um, with Intel CEO saying, you know, they want to win Apple's business back. And to your point, it's not going to happen overnight because they have to basically kind of completely reorganize, fundamentally change maybe how they approach some of their processing, specifically with mobile processing. And, um, you know, even a funny story is like Intel is willing reports, of course. Intel reportedly said they're willing to work f- and actually help Apple manufacture their chips. You know, with with their with their chip production, and I'm, and it's just so funny how wow, you hear stories like that, and the these are stories that were leg- literally would have been unheard of crazy talk, you know, during the. Of course, every company has their heyday, but we would have never heard Intel would like to uh, manufacture Apple's processors. That is something that I don't think anyone would have imagined, even. Five years ago, twenty years, ten years ago for sure, twenty years ago for sure, and so it just shows yeah, no. how much of a, a a shift is happening right before us. I think the other point that you talk about, you know, the performance, even if let's say, even when you're comparing these spec'd out PCs, laptops, 
to these Macs, even if they're, let's say they're at even performance, the, the thing that also is going to, is different is that you're not going to hear a fan. Like the, this, this machine in general, you know, seeing how the M1 has behaved and we'll, we'll find out, but I've got to imagine just be based on how it performs again, kind of one of the big advantages is that it's so understated how a fan, once it just goes off, can be an annoyance and you just deal with it and you're used to it. But the fact that we're going to be working on such a high power machine and never, and arguably rarely ever hear the fan when it's working at its full potential. And we're talking about not just being plugged into power when it's running off of battery. I, I think that's another, th- you know, these are subtle things that start adding up to why this machine beyond its power is, looks and appears to be very special because of all of those things. So um, I just, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it and just run some renders tests and just use it how I use it. And then before, I mean, I know that for me, it's a business investment for, you know, for what I do independently, but I also think about the general consumer. And if someone said today, Hey, Brian, what computer should I get? And they tell me that they surf the web do word processing, they do spreadsheets, they do some photos, and they do a little bit of little bit of video and social media. I'm gonna say, sure, if you really want to get an M1 Pro or M1, don't get it. Honestly, I, I wouldn't recommend the M1 Max unless you just want to use your money, but you're still gonna be what? fine doing that with an M1. Like honestly, an M1 yeah. is gonna be perfectly fine, and you will have I, I kid you not, right? Five years of overhead on an M1 doing those type of things. You yeah. Know? No, I, I and I think that's you know Apple has now already created a line of processors that are going to ser- satisfy a wide range of consumer yeah. needs. I was sitting here thinking about how long is it before the M1 Pro or the M1 Max ends up in a Mac Mini? Mm. Because I could see like an entire like a 3D render house for movies. You know, get yeah. uh, get some of these stacked up and just let it go. I mean. I think that's a that's a real possibility, and they'll, they'll be a lot because they want a screen or anything. They'll be a lot cheaper. Uh, they've got to be planning that. I mean, I'm sure by I'm sure by like next year uh, we'll see something like that. Uh, these these chips are going to end up in in a bunch of different places. It, you know, in total it, overall, I mean, you know, that part of the the event was very positive. I will say that, and most of what I saw of the the new Mac. Uh, MacBook Pros is very positive. I mean, they're, they're they're beautiful. They've got all those ports. No more dongles. They're MagSafe again. Uh, the only thing I kind of called them out on is, uh, even though I get it accommodates a 1080p camera, but they put a notch on the screen. I'm still kind of scratching my head over that because I'm like, it. You, you almost nailed it, man. You almost completely Lance, nailed it, Lance. I'm. I'm not. I'm. We are. We are not gonna. Uh. You know. Avoid that. The the notch is there. I mean, it. Apple's really asking the question to users, to be or not to be. That is the oh question. Oh my gosh. Like, what oh my you know? Gosh. I when I saw it, like, look, I've personally. I understand the utility with a face ID camera, but I've still never been a fan of the notch design on the iPhone. I And I've been vocal about it. And I've also told people like, I'm not going to complain about it anymore because I just don't like complaining about. It. And especially with the MacBook Pro, look, I get it. You are actually getting more screen real estate because of the notch. I get that. There's still a notch. It just looks like, what? And to your point, there's a 1080p camera, but 
it would have made more sense, at least would be more justifiable to me if there, the face ID system was in there and maybe the components still are right, too thick to fit, right? I think people would be like, okay, but what, like you said, when I watched this thing, my first reaction was like, I literally said, you were perfect. Like you were perfect. You're pretty much perfect, <laughs> except you just did like, they did everything we wanted. And that one thing that, and remember the buzz and the chatter about the notch happened like literally, I feel like yeah. a day and a half before, all of a sudden it surfaced. Yeah, Everyone it was one of the last things, right? It was one of the last <laughs> little bits of rumors to to drop. Um, it would have been like weeks of this stuff, um, and I and I am stunned that it doesn't have face ID. I don't get that. I mean, it's also competitively, mm-hmm. it makes sense because you know I have on my uh, Pro Seven, I've got, and you know when I tried the Pro Eight, you've got the Surface Pro Eight, you've got Windows Hello. And I absolutely love that. Works I like a it. charm. Looking at my computer, yeah. Looking at my computer, boom, it opens up. And uh, you know, I love, I do love, despite the notch on the iPhone, I love Face ID. I love how easily it works. Uh, but I, I, it just, I mean, so if you don't have Face ID, what's all those space being used? I haven't quite understood that at all. Um, I'm gl- really glad they have a 1080p camera because. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how often I've been on a Zoom call with my Surface Pro and people always like this, what are you using for your camera? <laughs> I'm like, I'm using a Microsoft Surface Pro. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, so it's nice to see some parody there, you know, uh, from, from Apple. But, yeah, I, I, I think the screen looks big and beautiful. It's great. Uh, but you are selling this to visual professionals, mm-hmm. right? You're selling this to people who are doing high-level photography, who are doing uh, videography, who are doing 3D renders. And those people are going to notice this cutout because they'll be blowing things up to full screen, taking a close look, and they're going to be like always shifting around a little bit to avoid mm-hmm. this little cutout at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's just – I don't know what the inter- – I, w- I would love to have been in the room where yeah. this was decided yeah. or agreed to. You know, didn't any – but then Apple sees the notch differently, you they know, do. and and they in their, they patted themselves on the back for making it a little smaller on the iPhone 13. I mean, it's, it's not actually shallower. It's still the same depth. It's just not as wide. Uh, so it's not like – they did a massive change to it. So they're okay with it. They're really like, you know, at least for this generation of products, they're, you know, the fact that it exists now in something brand new that's coming out gives me the sense that the notch will exist on the iPhone for longer than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And there's other things kind of going around with the notch because during the presentation, we saw how there's going to be different forms of how the notch shows up or or notch. Um, so, for example, like there, we've found out that developers are going to have an option in their apps to decide how they how it appears. Meaning, if you give your app a full screen option, then you know, kind of a larger black bar blends into it, so you don't see it anymore. There's others that will just be fine with using that notch. I mean, whenever you watch videos or actually go full screen to watch content. Um, it disappears, not disappears, but meaning the black bar on top gets thicker. So right, right. It's you get be, a smaller screen. Correct. So it's going to be interesting to see how developers also embrace it or not. But it, it appears that Apple is really giving them the choice to do this. Uh, but what 
kind of to piggyback on what you're talking about is, you know, Apple has embraced this notch. And I think this kind of dovetails into another point of, I feel like Apple, where during the Johnny Ive era, you might have felt at times that it was more about form than function. I'm starting to Mm -hmm. feel like the new Apple, although they do value form, I feel like they're kind of moving towards a little bit more function and then form, um, maybe in the maybe placing them a little more even, or maybe arguably placing the function a little higher because you look at something like this MacBook Pro that all of a sudden like takes us back to the roots of what pros want. And guess what? That's function over form. Yeah. It's thicker. Yeah. It's heavier. That's that's not mm-hmm. that hasn't been the classic Apple mantra when it comes to the devices. It's always just like thinner, lighter. That's that's what matters. But now we're saying, hey. Let's bring back the ports. The the notch right. itself is uh, really reinforces that idea that maybe Apple is really prioritizing function over form when they're saying, hey, there's benefits to this. You're actually getting more screen with the notch, whereas I don't think we maybe would have heard that. I don't think we would have seen a notch in a previous Mac. And because you know, there have been a, a very vocal and loyal group of iPhone users to me that have said, hey, get over the notch. I like the notch. Some people say my iPhone, it doesn't look like an iPhone without a notch. So they kind of, once they put that in and they they really see that, hey, our users don't mind it. In fact, some people have embraced it. Well, we we will embrace it as much as they have. And, you know, another small point is before the keynote, you know, I do my live stream and I put up this pre-show poll just to kind of get a pulse of what the audience is thinking and feeling because, you know, I'm only one person. I want to see what they think. And I asked the audience, I think or close to 400 people responded, if there is a notch on this MacBook Pro, will you buy it or will you not buy it? 81.5% of people said it would not stop them from purchasing a new MacBook Pro if it existed. So there, that is all kind of all we need to know from a general idea of what the consumer is feeling like. Apple can do what they want to do. Apple can kind of push their narrative because they have such a loyal base that's willing to go along with it. And the notch doesn't hurt Apple sales in this case. I mean, clearly people were looking at all the other benefits and I am feeling this thing, hey, we are maybe moving more function, taking a little more priority over form now. And still the form is great, but you know, we're looking at this design. It it reminds me of the PowerBook kind of PowerBook G4 iBook days. Um, you know, we have softer edges, you know, uh, it, I'll have to wait to get it in hand, but I think there's definitely been a little bit of philosophical change behind the scenes from what I can tell, but I don't know this for sure. Well, it, you know, Apple has on occasion, rare occasion, sort of sometimes outwardly admitted it, but other times just simply made a shift to show that they heard mm-hmm. uh, the displeasure. You know, we look at the Mac Pro as a good example mm-hmm. of them kind of there. They went back to the drawing board, said we made a mistake. Um, and they definitely with the Mac, the MacBook Pro, they clearly heard mm-hmm. the, the core user base. And uh, I 100% agree with your with with what you're saying about how they're switching it. I sort of wrote about them like kind of flipping the script here that it's, you know, that it's it's utility over design, Mm -hmm. you know, that they, you know, out goes the touch bar, out goes the butterfly keyboard, which Mm -hmm. they got rid of a little while ago, you know, and, and in comes, you know, give them 
you know, these are people who just need as many ports as possible. They need a really solid keyboard and they don't care about, not that not everybody agrees with this, because I did see some people who were upset on Twitter mm-hmm. that the touch bar was gone. Yep, yep, not a lot, group. but I saw them. Mm-hmm. So once again, they introduced something that some people adopted. Uh, and I think that this is a, this sort of switching, uh, to more utility, uh, to function has been happening gradually over time. I look at the Apple Pencil 2. You know, we had the original Apple Pencil, which was long and elegant and slightly Slippery. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, right. And then we get the Apple Pencil Generation 2, a thousand times better, mm-hmm. you know, right size, has a, a flat edge to go slam, like hard, holds on to that top edge there. Just everything about it, like we heard you. You don't charge it in some insane <laughs> ridiculous way you know because you were trying to hold on to that design which is so much a johnny ive thing yes uh so you know we've seen them gradually kind of head in this direction of uh, with things that and you know the, the fact that uh, we no longer talk about how thin the iphone is anymore remember that's all we mm-hmm. talked about and we also talked about it bending when we didn't want it mm-hmm. to Nobody talks about that anymore. Nobody cares about it anymore because they're not doing it anymore. Um, and they're no longer, you know, oh, the camera, the camera bump. Well, who cares? The camera bump is massive now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a case on your iPhone 13. You notice it scoops up to go to the around the glass. You know, it's like it's a mountain and nobody's talking about it. And Apple realized that they, they, they came to realize that, you know, we're getting crazy about being the best you know the thinnest the lightest the the and those are not what people are actually asking for and part of that might have been the realization that people are buying the biggest phone possible well how much could they care about it being thin and light if they're buying a monster sized phone mm-hmm. so they learned these things and they also you know stepped away from the johnny ive aesthetic to a certain extent and have gone in a a slightly different direction so all of those learnings, all of that sort of that uh, that strategy and 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 change over time is reflected in this MacBook Pro. I will say though, they certainly did have the option that they're putting in that that much bigger screen in combination with the 1080p camera. They could have done a drill hole. They could have because mm-hmm. they don't have. You know, they didn't, you know, have anything else there really that they needed. Uh, they certainly didn't need an IR reader. Uh, so they could have done that. And they still would have gotten the much bigger screen. But to your point, there are so many strategies that go around the notch that allow you not even to see it. And I agree with you. That's not going to people, reason people aren't going to buy this. The excitement around it, I I don't hear many people – you don't see a swell of comments of someone saying, I will not buy this because of the notch. Everyone is floored by the performance and just the collective whole of this whole thing. If really the notch is the kind of the biggest black eye on it, I think it's it's doing just fine. Um, I do want to talk about – I think the display – you know, it's it's going to mm-hmm. be a mini LED display with ProMotion 120 really, hertz. Really, really interesting. Like, yeah. I, you know, I think it's really, you know, to your point, when you say it's interesting, I'm like, okay, what are, when it when it's, you know, there's been, the, these are subtle benefits to put that 120 hertz on a display where it's just going to make the OS and the UI look a lot smoother. You know, ideally, it would be huge for gaming, 
but Apple isn't a player in gaming yet. I mean, I look at the power on this machine, and if they could somehow do some back backdoor deals with some of these major developers and finally get really like a title that everyone is clamoring for on the Mac eventually, I mean, that could tilt things. I, I'm never going to say, hey, Apple's yeah. going to get into gaming, but if there was ever a time for developers to look at it a little more seriously it finally has the specs to truly be a gaming level um pc that that could hang with a lot of stuff i i will tell you i have a I kind of maybe i'm an outlier when it comes to refresh rate uh you know and i i'm i've been around long enough that i remember when you know we talk about 60 hertz refresh rate mm-hmm, and explain mm-hmm. what that was all about and that was pretty much the the standard and and, you know, even I, I even remember, you know, TVs going from interlace to progressive. And so, you know, refresh rate really became important in my world. Uh, and as I was covering technology, when it when it became part of, of HDTVs and mm-hmm. we slowly ramped up going past the standard 60 hertz to 120 hertz and now 240 hertz. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about the, the tearing that could occur during action movies and and uh, sports, even though realistically, a lot of people that are getting their 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 stream, they're using streaming services, even 4K to watch stuff. will will see a lot of these anomalies because mm-hmm. of just bandwidth issues, buffering issues. There's all all sorts of things. When you get down to the screen, the size of a phone and even a laptop. I honestly don't believe it makes much of a difference. It is it's a it's a checkbox, and it's there because. When people make panels now, they can make them with this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all getting their panels from a, a small set of manufacturers, right? And they're like, well, this is one of the features you get now. It's like, you know, baking in 3D. Where it matters, though, why we should care about it is not for, oh, my God, it looks so smooth. <laughs> it's for battery life. Because intelligently managing refresh rate, especially when you don't need even 60, when you need 10, mm-hmm. That makes a big difference, especially on a mobile system, because now you're not wasting cycles when you simply don't need to do it. And something I feel like people don't really talk enough about, because everybody seems to think that it's going to be this big game changer, in quotes, for possibly gaming Mm -hmm. or, or entertainment. And I just don't think it is. But I think it's this is why... This is why it's important that it's there because it's another way in which we get we we get better battery life on a workhorse system. Yeah, the the variable the variable uh, ability to to adapt to that. You're right. I mean, that can actually see, you don't want it running 120 the whole time. You you absolutely don't. But um, I think that this display, even let's say refresh rate or not, for many people that buy this machine, this is going to be the best display that they have honestly like spec wise and yeah. so it's really yeah. interesting not many people have mini leds no. in their house or in their offices no, no. so this is going to be arguably the best display that many people have um you know for someone like me it'll help when i'm on the road but once we get back to doing more work on the road but i really keep my laptop closed most of the time because it is you know for me it serves as my desktop and then when i need to go i go and i take it with me so i'm, I'm just thinking to myself man am i really just going to be keeping this thing shut 80, 90% of the time. And I'm like, well, yeah, for now I am. But I, <laughs> the, the display is going to be spectacular and really will be one of the best. I, I also want to, as we, you talked about, you know, battery life, you know, before this product came out, I was looking at the rumored specs and I said, 
man, I, I didn't want to trick myself, but I said, okay, uh, w- would we actually get double the battery life? Because on my 16 inch, you get, uh, I, b- I believe it's 11 hours of video playback time or roughly 11 hours. And so I was conservatively setting my expectations saying, okay, maybe, maybe we can get to 16, but I out loud said, if we can get to 20 or higher, that's going to be pretty incredible. And the freaking 16 inch, you know, gets to 21 hours. And we know that know. Apple's battery life estimates are actually very conservative. Yeah, historically, they are, they are. historically with, with virtually anything I've ever. Yeah, especially from, you know, I always try to explain to people that day one on Apple uh, products, battery life is is always better than <laughs> what they promise. Yeah. You'll hit the the expected battery life somewhere mid of, you know, like like a year into its life. And then the next year you start the the journey of diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, this I, I don't. I'm just going to use my, you know, use the review model normally, but I just, I don't know. Am I going to charge it in two days, maybe even three days, quite honestly? It might be three days by the time I have to charge a laptop at this level. That is incredible, man. That is incredible. It, it really is. I mean, I do wonder, you know, we, it's battery life is such a difficult thing to measure because yes. they're obviously doing it for just watching video that's their you know and i've tested that way uh and it's not the most processor intensive task mm-hmm. you know it's always about rendering stuff you know it's 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 taking complex issue images in photoshop and applying some sort of you know really difficult filter or a series of filters it's about rendering 3d it's about rendering 8 4k and 8k video those are the things where you know you start to really you know hit the cycles and and start to see well well you know what's going to be like a, a average workday battery life for a a, a visual professional mm-hmm. and i I'm, i mean look if it gets half of this i mean if you you suddenly all right so you've cut it down to to well, to 10 and a half hours i mean for a pro level thing that you've gotten through your day of work i mean mm-hmm. you really have without theoretically without having to plug it in yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Now, I do want to before we kind of move on to some other things. I do want to like let the audience know just some small things. I always love how you know there's details that come out after the event, and some people get all mad. Like people have been putting me in my comments, like, "Oh, it doesn't have Bluetooth 5.2. It only has Bluetooth 5.0. Oh, the HDMI is 2.0." Like you know they're they're not happy about some small things. I will say that mm-hmm. the HDMI port. It's it is a 2.0 port, and what that means is that it supports 4K up to 60 hertz. If you put it on an external TV, I do think there is a little bit of an argument on a pro machine that if someone's doing game development and actually that higher refresh rate matters for them, it would have been yeah. nice to at least put an HDMI 2.1 port if they wanted to see what it's like on the big screen um, in its full glory. So I do understand that you know Apple's even on their phones and other devices. Having Wi-Fi 6 support, not Wi-Fi 6E, and having Bluetooth 5.0 instead of Bluetooth 5.2, that's really kind of been standard across their products for a while. So although people might want to you know, complain about that or moan about that, I don't think it fundamentally changes how we use these. And it doesn't bother me personally. I, I do like the idea, yeah, if this is a computer that I'm going to keep for five to seven years where most people will, I don't know if I will, but most people will, you probably would have liked to seen Wi-Fi 6E on here. Um, but again, this still doesn't deter me from purchasing this incredible machine. 
Do you wonder if they if the hardware is there, but but the the system is not? Like there's a a slight uh, like they're out of sync on that, and maybe it could come later. Some of these updates, or do we think that this is truly component level uh, deficit? And you know that that's a good point. I don't I don't know which one it is actually. You know. Because we have to, we do have to really factor in the supply chain with this stuff, even though it sounds like, right. right? We really do. This is the past two years, and I think this holiday season, we're going to see that effect still take place. So, you know, that's why it's not that I'm giving anyone a pass, but we've got to at least consider that. So maybe it is a supply issue. Maybe it is also to your point. I think more than anything, just because Apple's been more comfortable using you know wi-fi 6 and bluetooth 5.0 with their a series chips in their phones which means they pretty much know this is going to seamlessly work no matter what Mm -hmm. with their current designs that and is it really do do people are people really clamoring for this right now i think hmi 2.1 is probably the biggest thing that i would have liked to see on the pro machine but beyond that i can live with the other things not being there yeah no i agree with that i mean i i I will say that the, my understanding of the supply chain issues is they are having the biggest impact on sort of commodity chips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and less on high-end chips. Uh, it's one of the reasons that the auto industry is being hit so hard. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if that was – I feel like what you're saying about sort of the understanding of, of the compatibility, maybe because this is sort of this – this is a mobile chip – that maybe maybe they did make a conscious decision that this is what we understand this is how we can we can guarantee it's going to work seamlessly mm-hmm. and the other putting at the bleeding edge could introduce issues that we're not ready to address or it could hurt the battery life you know in particular on the mm-hmm. 2.1 side if you're delivering a higher refresh rate uh, for for output so maybe maybe it was a a very strategic decision revolve you know that revolved around all of these different components yeah, you know, the other thing we didn't touch upon it and you you did a little bit. I think also, you know, whether people like the OLED touch bar or not, I part of me when we talk about components and pieces, part of me tells me that they also removed it in order to keep the price of the MacBook Pro down because I remember when it first came out, there was an option where you could buy like a 13-inch model with the touch bar and a 13 inch model without it um, at the time mm-hmm. very early on. And the difference in price at that time was around like 150 to $200. And so to me, it sure it doesn't cost 150, 200 now, maybe it costs a hundred five years later, even though they've done literally nothing different to it. But hmm. you, you take that cost out, you take the fact that it was polarizing for a lot of pros who wanted functional buttons. You can then apply those costs, kind of the build of cost to, to this other new tech and kind of mitigate that. So I, I, part of that strategy that you and I are talking about, I think that that factored into it as well. Yeah, I think I applaud Apple for that. If that's the way they're thinking and that that's how they're starting to prioritize what they do and don't include, that's a really smart way to work. And I yeah. think that it's, it's, it's them not force feeding flashy features on people who don't want them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, Lance. So I'd love to kind of hear your, at least based on what we know who who would you recommend this machine for? Would you, would you recommend it to my mom? No, <laughs> no, no, definitely not your mom. Mom, get, mom, get that MacBook Air M1 MacBook Air. That's really nice. Or just or get a get a, the the iPad Air uh, with a smart keyboard, which is uh, which is awesome too. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, it, I mean 
I think, you know, my brother-in-law is a good example, uh, somebody who uh, both runs a restaurant, but has also been a, a musician and produced his own music and, you know, run all the, the high-end software and always had the big, you know, 16, 17-inch mm. uh, MacBook Pro, you know, that I would always see him open up. Like, he would love this. I think that this would excite him. Uh, for it being, you know, because you, you say, you know, that, yes, it's bigger and heavier, but ultimately it's lighter than the old guys. And uh, and it's going to outperform them by by a whole lot in the battery life. So I think that kind of person who has been doing this work for a while and understands it is going to appreciate, really appreciate all the things that are in here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, we could talk about the MacBook Pro more, but I do want to talk about the AirPods 3, which I think, um, surprisingly enough, uh, I don't know if it's surprising or not, but I, I think they're kind of going to be sleeper hits because as you kind of like looked into the details of them, uh, I think they're super, super compelling compared to the AirPods Pro right now. So um, kind of maybe some of your initial takes on the AirPods 3 announcement, Lance. Yeah, I mean, look, we expect it. We're waiting for them to do something like this. Uh I think it's interesting that they, they've adopted some of what looks like the, the AirPods Pro design. Uh, you know, they've got, I guess, a similar shape, uh, but it's priced, you know, 179 it's priced uh, for uh, an audience that doesn't want to spend about 250 bucks on uh, AirPods Pro. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of AirPods. I was probably one of the first people, one, to test them, but also to say to people, stop saying they look crazy because <laughs> you're going to want these things. And people looked at, looked at me for a while while I was walking around with them like I was nuts until they all bought them, mm-hmm. every single one of them. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an incredibly popular product, and I suspect that this one, which is arriving in time for the holiday season, is going to be uh, equally popular – uh, I'm interested in, you know, that they not only sort of redesign them, but they clearly are trying to do something with the audio. Mm-hmm. You know, they open up the ports there. Uh, you know, they, they put a bigger drive, some sort of bigger driver in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they're not just, it wasn't just kind of lip service to a design. It was trying to move the art of this, this what is basically the entry level one, even though I know they're going to keep selling the other one, but this is the one really that people are going to be looking at, uh, that they don't have to, to, to give up too much on the audio side with, with the understanding that these are not noise canceling headphones. You know, that's not what they're there to do, but, but the other stuff that's in there, the other, you know, the microphones and their adaptive EQ that they talk about, uh, you know, all of those things, could potentially make for a better experience. And they're also supporting this supporting spatial audio. Uh, yes, so yes. if you've ever tried spatial audio, it's, it's a really cool experience. And I've done it with the AirPods pro and it's, it's, it can be pretty wild with supporting content. You know, I always called, always talk about, I talked about this a tiny bit on Twitter that, you know, the sleeper story here is Dolby and their Atmos technology mm-hmm. that is taking over the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, Apple's like huge fan of, yes, Adobe Atmos all over the place, all, you know, and, and you get the best stuff with it. And so it's great for them. It's great for Dolby, but it's also a good, it can be a good experience. So, you know, that again, you know, they did that. They did the, the, the IPX4 ratings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess they're, they're, I mean, so they, and even on the case, yep. like 
it's not you're not giving up wireless charging you're not giving up magsafe compatibility and like oh so they really like pushed a bunch of cool features that might have lived at that that pro level exactly and pushed them down to this more entry level and so that just makes them that much more attractive for everybody and, and people who didn't want to spend that or just don't care that much about the pro level stuff to be like yeah i think you're right i think it's going to be quite popular you know i think people just have to the the maybe the biggest obstacle is that people just have to figure out that really the main difference between these two is that it doesn't have noise canceling and it doesn't have silicon ear tips that seal off the sound which you know some people prefer some people don't quite honestly um and i do feel like in a weird way the airpods pro for whatever reason that silicon tip um whenever i talk long term on uh podcast or anything like that it would always what my left ear would always that 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 airpod would wiggle out and hmm. i'm gonna have to really try and see if well, don't that think I, you got different tips brian i know i know i know tips. i know but i'm still saying it it's still it still does a little wiggle wiggle um but but really it's noise canceling silicone tips and then you know there's that new feature called conversation boost but you take those three things away and you look at the airpods three at 179, that's a pretty damn compelling product for someone who's looking to get AirPods. And I don't know, you know, when I did, I kind of refer to my live stream because I think we learned a lot beforehand. I, when I asked people, oh, are you looking to up upgrade to AirPods 3? 70, over like 74% of the audience said no, they were not planning to upgrade AirPods 3 at all. And 50% of that audience already had AirPods Pro. So right. it'll be interesting to see who gets them, but I think the product is actually really, really good. Before the keynote, I, I was like, are they really going to put spatial audio? Like, I felt like they should put it because this is such a big deal and big part of their ecosystem now, but I could see them also, an Apple of the past, not put spatial audio in there just to make someone buy the Pro. They didn't do that. They put spatial yeah. audio in there, um, and they added a lot more, you know, like you said, the water resistance is a new tweak. There's a new driver. I don't know if it's, at least with a noise cancellation turned off, if it's going to sound better than AirPods Pro, will it sound more bassier? I'm going to have to find that out too. So I, there's a lot of different ways where it is actually a better product um, and then is maybe just missing a few features from the AirPods Pro. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, I, 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 maybe they looked at the market. I mean, they've sold a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah. It's but maybe saturated. they looked at the, yeah, they looked at the market and said, we, we sold about all the pros we're going to sell. And people are kind of they're looking at the, the 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 two, but they're kind of feeling like it doesn't have what they need. They just don't want to spend that extra for the pro because they don't understand what they really get. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, they the maybe that's why this was developed like this. They're like, we have a lot of you know, we have the the frame of it kind of from the pro, but can we do something that satisfies the needs of the people? Who are more bar bargain conscious mm -hmm. and have been just holding back. I mean, it triggered them to spend that money that they've been not doing. Keep in mind that this market, since the introduction of the AirPods, original AirPods, this market has exploded. Oh. Everybody has a pair of buds, right? They have different buds, but the Samsung buds, the Microsoft, you know, the the OnePlus, mm -hmm. uh, the Google. I've tried them all. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's interesting is that they're all actually pretty good. Some of the designs are a little clunky. Uh, some of the designs are better. Mm -hmm. Microsoft, I think, 
probably is the most misguided on their design. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Right. Kind of, With the big earplugs, uh, the big earplugs. Yeah, it just it looks ridiculous. I yeah. don't know why they thought that was okay, but. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed, especially with a lot of the the sort of Android companies, and they, they're all cheaper than Microsoft. Mm-hmm. You know, significantly so in in some cases. You know, I've seen fifty dollars, seen a lot of ninety nine dollar ones that are really good. So Microsoft need Microsoft, Apple needed to do something mm-hmm. to get closer to that, but also show that they could still deliver all these cool features. And uh, so I'm glad they've done this. Uh, I think that you know, the benefit of of sticking with you know Apple as opposed to getting one of those third party ones is that it's it's part of the ecosystem. Yep. And stuff will just work, right? Uh, Siri will just work. Your iMessages information, you know, when a message comes in, will just get delivered to uh, <laughs> the AirPods Generation Three. So that's the benefit to it. That's why somebody would spend, say, an extra. 80 bucks over a competitor to get these. Yeah. And also they do have the force touch squeeze controls. They're, these are not tap right. controls. They have the same exact controls as the AirPods Pro as well. They're, I think they're a really, really good product. Okay. Last one. We don't have to dwell on it too long. Uh, HomePod minis and colors. Do you care or not? <laughs> no, no. I think that's a great, but HomePod minis are great products. They really are. They're really nice and some of those features like intercom, they're not as great as they try and make them out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, I can't, I couldn't even believe that they were taking the time to say, hey, we got new colors for this piece of hardware and make as if it was a thing. It's very unlike Apple to do that, quite honestly. You know, just a couple of days ago, or maybe it was a day ago, Samsung did a part two of Unpacked where they said, <laughs> look, we've got bespoke uh, Z Flip colors, you know? And I was just like, this is an entire event for this and what? It was all about like your fashion choices. Mm-hmm. It was kind of bizarre. Uh, and Apple typically doesn't do something like that. I mean, you might have thrown that in at the end. It was just weird. I was like, okay, great. Got the- new colors, Apple. I don't, don't even talk to me about it. I don't care. Lance, I literally really no, no care. new no new features at all, just colors. It was literally yeah, just colors. It. I was waiting. I sat there listening and go, okay, okay, you got colors, but what else do they do? Do they, Does a little hand come out and wave at you now? Come on, tell me something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Nothing. it was interesting. So um and then what I what was kind of hard to understand at the time uh during the keynote when they offer this new voice plan as kind of a tiered system with yeah. Apple Music. Poorly, I thought, poorly explained. Yeah, you know, because I had to ask questions after the fact and kind of figure out, okay, so it it's basically using Apple Music without the app, right? You use it with your voice. You can play individual songs, and then it'll play suggested songs. You can play curated playlists, and then it'll keep it going. But it's like, it's it's just a voice activated Apple Music plan that doesn't let you hear everything, everything, but almost everything. It was it was actually kind of hard to understand. <laughs> it was, and, and and one of the key things is you can't search Mm-mm. for music. You don't have that option of going into the app and searching. And you really just have to interact with Siri. Uh, and I think there are a couple other things that they take away, but they really didn't. I don't know. It was it, – it felt like a half-baked idea mm. uh, that somehow made it all the way to the event. 
I was, I mean, I was more than being underwhelmed. I was literally like, what am I missing about this? Mm-hmm. What did they actually just announce? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, what is the fantastic benefit of this? And it actually would have been more exciting if they announced it for one ninety nine. I mean, they could have just, you know, said that, you know, this is a way to just enjoy, you know, and put a limit on the, the number of songs you could play per month or something. It would have been really kind of more dynamic and interesting and easier to explain to people. But if somebody were to stop me in the street right now and say, explain <laughs> this, this voice to me, I would be like, humana, humana, humana. I, I, yeah, it's four ninety nine. Okay, that, that's what I can tell you. Uh, and I'm you, an Apple you, Music customer. I am on a you know I'm on a family plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did. It it was it really did seem to me in the moment confusing after the fact. Like okay, who and the question really who is this for? Right. So am I trying to sell this to someone and say hey, uh, you don't want the full plan that you use with your phone. You just want to talk to Apple Music and that's who it's for. Uh, okay. Like, I guess. I feel like it's a, the, it has a, something to do with air home pods and that, you know, that people, if your primary way of interacting with Apple music is, is, is talking to Siri anyway, and then you bought a home pod and maybe you, but you didn't want to go all the way to, to like full blown thing, or maybe, I don't know. I really don't know. Or maybe you had, <laughs> you bought a home pod and you had like, ten, cause I think it comes with like a month free, if I remember correctly. So you had it and you liked it, but you're like, I'm not paying that much. And so now you see this really cheap, what you consider cheap option for it. And cause I think that, you know, to be fair, it's in home uh, Apple Music now. Like, is it nine ninety nine yeah, a month? Nine, or is it- yeah, nine ninety nine a month for an individual, or at least for right. a single so account. For single account. So this is roughly half price. So now, imagine someone going to the site and deciding they want to try this out and seeing that option. They might just go for it for that reason because they their their free option ran out they don't want to spend all that money so it was less maybe it's less about us understanding them <laughs> and more about a consumer experience when they decide they might buy this i mean uh, and maybe they didn't care that we didn't get it yeah i the other thing is i know that apple's looking for subscription plans wherever they can like right this is to 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 increase any type of revenue for their services it makes sense but also i think as a user if I'm buying this, you know, I'm, I'm signing up and then some people might not realize, I mean, I have to see how it's communicated better on the site, but some might people like, wait, I just have, to, this is only for me to interact with Apple Music with my voice. That might actually turn off people from upgrading to the 999 service as well if they, they, they feel underwhelmed by it too. Because you and I yeah. talking about it, it sounds underwhelming to us. Yeah, I... I, I- I think that there, again, it, oftentimes now, you know, Apple has a lot of what, or at least a hundred million people on their their services, you know, various platforms paying them money. Uh, but that means that there's many millions, if not billions, of people not. True. And so you just keep offering different slices of the same pie until someone eats, and. And I think that's what Apple's doing here. Yep. And this, the, the services business is tremendously important for Apple for, you know, 
not just now, but the future, and also with the shifting landscape and questions about how much commission they get from their partners and if that has to change. And if they lose money there, they always need to make sure, sure, they have a different pipeline. So they have to keep offering options like this. I do think that this was clumsily handled. This mm-hmm. was not Apple's mm-hmm. best moment. They just didn't explain it well. They didn't launch it well. I, I think that uh, it'll be a question of whether it's received well once people st- start trying it out. Maybe that'll be a different experience. But Apple's going to probably do more things like this yeah. as they continue to lean into how can we continue to monetize various services at various levels to satisfy every possible consumer. So, um, Lance, let's look forward to Apple TV Mini Plus coming soon. The the new service, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch your three uh, favorite shows for three months for yep. four ninety nine. Why not? Why not? Well, Ted Lasso would be first. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Go. They got they got that Se- one. They got that one. Second season of Morning Show. I know. I'm actually thinking is better than the first. So right I, now, that's where my head is at. You're you're lucky because Techtober has afforded me no time to watch anything right now. But <laughs> <laughs> once 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 I get out of it, um, you know, and I can see the light of day, I I, I will catch up. But I, I'm looking forward to watching that show as well. Absolutely. So, um, hey, Lance, you know what? Thank you so much for coming on. This is really fun to talk about. I love it whenever you come on the show. Um. Always, we can have some like great talks and back and forth. So, again, uh, for everyone who is not familiar with your work, I'd love for you to just kind of tell them where they can find you. All right. Well, uh, please start at Medium. Uh, find me, Lance Yulanoff. Uh, go to Twitter. I'm on it all day long. Uh, YouTube, I, I have a channel. Again, you'll find it, Lance Yulanoff. Uh, TikTok, Lance Yulanoff. Instagram, Lance Yulanoff, especially if you like pictures of birds, because I like to take pictures of birds. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm all over the place. Okay, Lance, uh, final, I forgot to ask you your final take. How about this? A scale of one to 10, how would you rate this event and why? Uh, gosh, you know what? Nine pops up in my head yep. uh, right away. Uh, I really, I, I'm, I'm impressed not just with uh, the, the products uh, and the chips and their potential performance, but in that, Apple has become so responsive to to their their probably some of their most important customers, mm-hmm. the pros, uh, in a way that I think really put a smile on the face of a lot of people sitting in those rooms creating content for us to consume. Absolutely. All right, Lance. Hey, thanks so much. We'll do it again, and all the best to you. And I guess we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Always, man. All right, we'll see you. All right. So that was fun. Just kind of bouncing back and forth. And I I think that, you know, sometimes ideas come to mind as those conversations happen. I think really the idea of app, maybe I should do a video about it, but the idea of Apple maybe switching priorities a little bit or shifting more towards function over form. I think that's something that's kind of interesting. And we really have been seeing it over the past few years. And without a doubt, Johnny Ive is completely crucial and instrumental to Apple, its history and its evolution. So by no means are we, you know, poo-pooing Johnny Ive, but think, you know, times change and things develop and think, you know, we've we've kind of seen now how Apple has started to really listen and kind of go back on a few things and I think it is fascinating to see kind of really see it all happen in front of us and the MacBook Pro is one of those products that just is a pure example of that. All right, we got to give big thanks to our platinum apples at the $100 level. 
Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your contribution and help, and thank you to everyone who continues to support this show. Patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. Early access to the content, rewards at every level, and a completely ad-free version of the show. So, you know, if Apple announced these new products, I'm guessing that we there should be some new products to review coming very, very very soon uh you'll know you'll know when i know do do i am i using them do i have them right now i don't know i i can't even say that so anyways we'll talk to you soon everybody we will have people we still need to have a guest on to actually do a kind of the full deep dive review of the apple watch but you know why we didn't just because apple just did another keynote um but we will have all of those kind of deep dives that you expect just kind of keep on rolling here with this podcast and all the content will eventually flow through to you but Thanks so much for listening, hanging out, and we will see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.